Hello, listener. Are you looking for something spooky? Then check out Haunted Tales, a growing collection of original horror stories. We've got everything, from ghosts and curses to demons and cryptids, murder and madness, and lots more. So please, look up Haunted Tales wherever you listen to podcasts, and join me every Sunday for a new dose of horror. This world into the mix. I told you to watch your steps, and you stepped right into its trap. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't cry. We just, we just need to get you to the end of the trail. That's all. Now, take my hand and let Ranger Harper take you away from the tree monster. Just relax, Maya. Take a deep breath. (laughs) That's easier said than done. You try and relax in my situation. Now, close your eyes. Concentrate on what you can feel. Can you do that for me? I feel my bed okay. You're doing good. You can lie down or keep sitting. Whatever is more comfortable for you. Sitting. Definitely. Great. Now, I'm going to count down from three. Slowly. I want you to repeat the number in your thoughts and match your breathing to my voice, okay? Yes, I'll try. Three. Two. One. Where are you right now? In my room. On my bed. It's quiet. Good. Good. Now, I want you to let your consciousness drift. Can you still feel the pull? Yeah. Always. He's still there. What is he doing now? He's waiting down there. I think... I think I can see him clearly now. His head is turned. Can you talk to him? Ask him something? He won't... 
He won't answer. I can feel it. Try anyway. What do you... What do you want? Why are you hurting me? Deborah paced across the room. The phone in her hand showed the same numbers she had dialed just this morning, yet her fingers hovered over the screen, unable to press the call button. This was getting bad. Really, really bad. She could see the lying form of her sister on the mattress, unconscious, yet still moving, shaking, crying. What if she had just inadvertently made it worse? Maya had never reacted like this, at least not when Debbie had been there. She had sounded truly terrified, and now the fear had started to infect her too. You have to do something. Debbie scolded herself, forcing her feet to stop and stand still while she pressed the button on the screen and could hear the call connecting. An older voice answered, not bothering with any kind of pleasantries. Did it work? She stammered a bit, unsure of how she should even try and explain what had happened. Yes and no. She went into a trance, just like you said she would. But there's something really wrong with her. We didn't even get a single answer before she started screaming. It looks like it's getting worse. Was the curt answer coming out of the phone? Debbie was still completely frozen. What should she do? She felt like she was balancing on a tightrope, unable to go back or advance any further on her own. Tell me exactly what happened from the beginning. A sigh escaped her and she stared at the phone, certain she would get another tirade from this woman. But to her surprise, the other person stayed quiet. It all started about two weeks ago. I woke up in the middle of the night because Maya screamed as if someone had broken into her room. Of course, I ran over there and looked, but all I could see was her standing by the window staring out into the night. She was pointing at the glass, with tears streaming down her face. Two weeks ago? Exactly? Tomorrow it will be, yes. So... 13 days. Debbie could feel a chill in her bones. Is that important? She asked, and could hear the woman hesitating. Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? Another one of those non-answers. Only this time, Debbie stopped herself before she could sigh again. The next night, Maya didn't scream. She made no sound. At least... Until she knocked on the front door loud enough to wake me up just before sunrise. We thought she was simply sleepwalking. Mum and Dad were a bit perturbed, but not enough to drag her to the doctor or blow off their business trip. There was no answer coming from the other side of the call, so Debbie took a deep breath and tried to calm herself again. The following night was the same. Only this time, 
She woke up while walking down the road. Every single night, Maya had gotten further away, heading somewhere. The thought had occurred to them only after a week, when mom and dad had already left for their business trip. Debbie had tried to call them, but no luck on that front either. What about her dreams? How much did she tell you? Her eyes glanced at the sleeping form of her sister. Tremors were running through her body. Her eyelids were fluttering. Not much. At least at first. Only that there was a voice, old and dry, speaking to her. That was all she remembered those first few days. She couldn't even recall the words, but told me that the fear stayed with her. A slight shiver made the phone in her hand shake. And? When did that change? The voice at the other end of the line sounded reassuring. There was no doubt in her mind that this person knew far, far more than she let on. Only question was, if this woman truly wanted to help them, or if she had some other plan. Around the one week mark, too. That was also when we locked all the doors, but it was no use. Maya woke up last Monday, screaming and crying for help. I heard her, even though she was already outside the neighborhood, halfway between us and the forest. When I ran out and caught up to her, she was sitting there, on the grass, rocking back and forth, crying and shaking. She, she looked at me, and her expression still haunts me. It's like she knows that she's going to die, that there's nothing anyone can do about it. Please, please help me. Help us. This, this man, this thing is going to kill my sister, and I don't know how to stop it. Her voice was shaking as tears dripped from her chin onto the carpet. Dark spots on the cream-colored surface. The other person didn't even react to her plea, only let her cry a few more tears before following up with the next question. What then? Did you find the rune soon after? She nearly dropped the phone. The rune. This damned sign or sigil, or whatever it was, carved into the back of her sister's left hand. None of them knew what it was. None of them knew when or how it had happened. It looked strange, like the peace sign, only turned on its head without the circle. Elgis. She answered and heard her own voice waver. The rune of life. What a joke. There was a sigh on the other end of the phone. The woman was getting annoyed again. Debbie knew. So, you know what it looks like. Debbie suddenly felt completely exposed. She had looked up the name and meaning, had found it in quite a few old runic languages, yet hadn't thought about its shape. Not once. It's a tree, child. She heard the woman say, an annoyed tone in her voice again. So you should already know where she is heading, right? Again, Debbie only managed to stammer before anger and fear boiled over in her mind. Uh, a tree? 
There's a whole forest out there. How should I find the right one? All she got back was a soft, humorless chuckle. Was the woman making fun of her right now? It took all her willpower to stop herself from throwing the phone through the room and straight at the next wall. Calm down, child. The voice came from the device in her hand. It's all right. This tree will be completely different from any other in there. It can be bigger, older. Its leaves may be red as blood, or the same looks and smells like death incarnate. But you will definitely recognize it if you see it. Embarrassed, Debbie could feel her face heating up. So, what has happened since then? She heard the woman and had to wipe some sweat off her brow before it could drop down onto the phone. We tried locking her in. First just her room, then every door in the house we have a key to. It didn't work. The day before yesterday, we even tried restraining her. But the next morning, all the ropes were torn through and the doors unlocked. Of course it won't work, child. She's not being dragged out there by some physical form. Whatever it is that has its claws in her already can't be stopped by something as simple as a lock or a bit of rope. It's old. Far older than you. Even older than me. This was the first time Debbie could hear tension in the woman's voice. And that realization made her shaky hands tremble even worse. So... What should I do then? She asked in a small, timid voice. There was silence coming from the other person. Did she not know? Or was this all part of some kind of plan? It took her a couple of seconds that felt like hours before she finally answered. Depending on what exactly is happening, there are a few things you might try. The only problem is, I'm pretty sure time's running out already. Tell me, when she came back today, was there anything at all different about her? You speak patterns or worse? Dirt beneath her fingernails? Debbie could feel her heart beat inside her head. All the air had gone out of this room, it seemed, and a cold chill crawled up her spine as she listened to the voice. She hadn't told her about that. I'd wondered herself what had happened. Today had been slightly different. Maya had come home earlier than usual, had opened up the front door by herself and jumped into the shower. Debbie had thought it was an improvement. That's why she'd called this number after all to give herself and her sister some closure, some hope. But then again, she had seen it in the shower. The dark, dirty splotches on the shiny white tiles, small streaks of brown and gray around the drain. Debbie stammered again, could now feel the cold sweat drying on her brow. Her eyes darted back to the fitfully sleeping form of her sister, then to her fingers. Were the nails darker than before? It somehow looked like it. Or was that just some trick of the light? Guilt gripped her as she looked back up at Maya's face. Pain and fear dominated her expression. She had promised her sister that she wouldn't let her fall back asleep. But now, it seemed like that was exactly what she had done to her. I... I think so. 
Debbie managed to whisper finally, feeling her throat closing up and heard an annoyed groan coming from the other person. What do you mean you think so, child? This is important. Did she, or did she not, dig up dirt while sleepwalking last night? Debbie bit her lip, turning away from the bed and the sleeping form to stare at her sister's desk. There were pictures of her friends, of her, of them, smiling, laughing, even one of their family vacation last year, sticking out their tongues while sitting on their dad's boat. Yeah, I'm sure. She finally answered, now as annoyed as the person on the other end of the line. I saw dirty streaks in a shower, I'm sure. Debbie heard the woman hiss and bit her lip again, scolded like a little child, unable to help her sister. She could feel her ears getting hotter by the second. Maya was still groaning softly on the bed behind her. Should she just wake her up? The woman on the phone still sounded angry and annoyed. I'll go wake her up now, she whispered, trying to change the subject but heard an immediate Don't you fucking dare, child blaring from the device in her hand. Looked under the window and could see that the sun was already on its way down towards the horizon. The woman still sounded as angry and crotchety as before, but now there was a strange new kind of tone in her voice. A bit softer. Sadder. You guys are in deep, deep shit. Up now, she might already start her walk towards the tree. In the worst case scenario, whatever has her will see you as an obstacle and will use her to make sure you can't come between it and its prey. Let her sleep. It should give you at least a bit more time. Debbie shook her head. It was hard seeing her sister like that. Watching her in what could be described as a fight of her life all alone. Now listen carefully. She heard the woman speak softly into the phone. There are three ways to deal with a situation like that. First, sometimes, if the connection isn't strong enough, you can remove the mark from the victim. But it has to be completely gone. Amputation works best, but I'm sure that's not possible in this case. Your sister is already in far too deep to get out of it that easily. Debbie swallowed hard as she heard the words. No, she would never be able to do something like that. And the woman continued. The second option is the peaceful approach. It's talking to whatever is manipulating the victim through the conduit. Giving it something else. Offering some alternative. Many of those things are surprisingly reasonable, but you've already tried to talk to it. This one focused on your sister. She was nodding along, remembering Maya's screams as she had asked her about the thing, and could feel another pang of fear. Third one? She asked, and felt her chest tightening. Third one is war. The woman took a deep breath, then answered. You kill this thing before it can get its victim. If it's no longer here, it can't hurt your sister. The main problem with this is that I'm too far away to help you. And those things tend to be a real, royal pain in the ass to deal with. If it's a tree, or a living thing, burn it. 
but you can be sure that it won't go quietly. Debbie swallowed hard. She had to kill whatever this thing was. Burn it down? If you manage to kill it, your sister will suffer some whiplash from the separation. She might collapse, fall into a coma, or, in the worst case, try and throw herself into the flames of the burning tormentor. But you can handle that, right? Gingerly, she nodded. Her throat felt completely dried out and closed up at the thought. But at least she would be able to do something. Anything. Then get going. You don't have much time. Good luck, kiddo. The words rang hollow in her ears. Her thoughts were racing. She needed gasoline or something to set this thing ablaze. Dad's old shed would be full of stuff like that. Thanks, Ruby. She whispered as her thumb ended the call and she turned around, staring right into her sister's face. Maya was standing there. Her eyes were open, yet her pupils had changed. They were white dots in the middle of far too green irises. She couldn't even scream before two hands shoved her with enough force to make her fly through the room. Her back hit the wall and the impact drove all the air out of her lungs as she crashed down on the floor. Everything turned black for a moment. All she felt was shock and pain. Groaning pitifully, she could hear her sister's feet walking past her, heading towards the door. She wanted to scream at her, ask her to stop and wake up, but no words could escape her closed-up throat. Debbie coughed, tried to get up, but fell back down. Just as the feet disappeared and all that remained were soft footsteps and her own labored breathing. Shit. Damn it. Her hands touched the floor. She tried to get up, but the whole world seemed to whirl around her. There was pain radiating from the back of her head. You need to get up. Debbie hissed at herself. The footsteps were already coming from the stairs. She pushed herself off the ground stumbled and nearly crashed into the desk. Pictures were now lying on top of it, knocked off the wall by her impacts. Debbie groaned again, and could feel her rubbery legs wobbling beneath her. This wasn't the time for weakness. Forcing her legs to stay steady, she pulled her hands off the desk. Beneath her, the front door clicked. Her sister was walking to her doom. She needed her. Debbie took a step, could still feel the floor shifting under her feet, but kept upright. Like walking on a boat during bad weather, she told herself. The door was just in front of her. She stumbled toward it, grabbed hold of the frame to keep herself from falling again. Please wait for me. Debbie begged in her mind, but the house was now empty. Her sister already gone. An almost animalistic growl escaped her throat as she let go and stumbled out of the room. Grabbing hold of the banister, she sped up her steps. It was getting easier, she told herself, forcing herself to believe it. Fear was driving her on. If she didn't hurry, her sister would disappear. She needed to help her. Descending the stairs while grabbing hold of the rail with both hands, she could feel the pain slowly transforming into a dull throbbing in her head. The front door was still standing open. No reason to hide it anymore, huh? She groaned and felt another pang of despair. As quickly as she could, Debbie left the house. There was no sign of her sister anymore, but she knew where she was heading to. 
one quick stop. Still stumbling slightly, she headed for her father's shed. She needed gasoline, or anything else that burned. And as she opened the door and gazed into the dimly lit shed, her eyes found what she'd been looking for in an instant. Just a single jar, filled with translucent liquid. From the lawnmower, as she knew, and grabbed it. Her gaze fell onto something else, hanging close by. A hatchet, right on the wall next to her. Debbie grabbed hold of both things, allowing herself half a second to take a deep breath before she whirled around and started jogging. Her legs still felt like rubber. Her steps weren't completely steady, but the fear tightening her chest forced her forward. There was no time to lose, no break she could allow herself. She ran along the street, heard people chatting in the home she passed by, oblivious to all the pain and suffering she had to endure. Somewhere up ahead, it was Maya. Now she only needed to overtake her sister somehow, and find some scary tree before it was too late. Debbie sped up even more. She could feel the air in her lungs burning, heard her own footsteps echoing around her, and tried to somehow still listen out for any kind of noise from her sister. But there was nothing. How far ahead could she have gotten? Was she running too? Or has Debbie already lost her way? No, that couldn't be it. She had a rough idea of where her sister had woken up every morning. It should be along this road. A trampled down patch of grass appearing next to her made her stop suddenly. This place here would soon be developed into another small mansion. And behind the markers surrounding the road, she could see the first trees of the forest. A cold chill ran through her as she looked into the deep shadows waiting there. This was it, her mind told her, and not allowing herself even one more moment of hesitation. Debbie turned and began to sprint. She followed the trampled down path through the grass, felt the air getting colder, the setting sun disappearing completely as she reached the ends of the woods and dove into the shadows without slowing down a single bit. The soft ground swallowed the sound of her footsteps. Up ahead, somewhere, Maya was walking. Even though she couldn't see her, she was sure that she was on the right track, that she was already close. Running along the jar and hatchet in her hands, she dodged the trees and roots sticking out of the moss that covered every single inch of this land. Just a bit more, she promised herself, and a strange feeling warned her that she was correct, but it was hard to see every obstacle in the dark shadows. Debbie tripped and stumbled time after time when she missed a gnarled oath root or strangely slippery rock. Yet she kept herself upright. Her fear, her despair made her push on, even though she could already feel her muscles starting to cramp up. Just... a bit... A scream cut her words short. Not one of pain, but one of elation. Somewhere on her left, where the shadows looked completely black, and the air seemed as cold as ice. She turned again, whirled around and jumped to the gap between two large old trees. Her feet landed on the dusty ground as the shadows stayed back. Suddenly, Debbie realized what the woman on the phone had meant. The tree in front of her was frightening. A monstrous, ancient looking stem. Deep, dark, shimmering marks in its bark. Giant, gnarled branches sticking out of it. 
not a single leaf on them, but there was no doubt in her mind that this thing was alive. It moved. There was no wind, yet the branches seemed to shift and twist slowly. And right at its roots, Debbie could see a dark, ominous spot. A hole. Something was sticking out of it. Shoes. Feet. She screamed in shock and horror, dropping the things in her hands as she shot forward. This couldn't be. As her feet raced over the dusty, bare ground, she heard it again. This joyous shout. Elated and coming from beneath the earth. Beneath the roots. She threw herself forward, ignoring the pain she felt as her body hit the ground and her hands grabbed under her sister's legs. A jerk went through Maya's body, and Debbie could see her own arms disappearing in the darkness. It dragged them down into the earth, and for the first time, she could suddenly hear her sister giving off a sound too. A sobbing, crying noise was coming from her. Debbie let go of the feet, pushed herself forward, deeper into the hole. Hold on, Maya! She howled, pulling her own body along until her hands reached the hips. One more time, the thing beneath them laughed as she felt her sister getting yanked and got dragged along. Debbie tried to find some kind of footing, something to brace herself against, but her whole body slid over the ground outside, her own thighs already touching the edges of the hole. Maya's scream pierced her ears. She tried to hold on, pushed her knees into the tunnel of dirt, braced her legs against the edge of the other side. Another jerk went through her sister's body and as loose dirt rained down upon her, she felt it dragging her deeper, together with Maya. She could feel it now, smell it, the odor of death. Thick roots surrounded them, moved slowly, pulsated. And all the while, the thing beneath them laughed with joy. Her sister cried out her name, as the monster under the tree pulled at her with force, and she suddenly lost her grip. She tried to hold on, felt her sister's legs rush by, and grabbed her feet in a last act of desperation. The shoes slipped off the socks. Her sister screamed one last time, deep down below, as the final ray of sunshine found the hole that weakly illuminated the darkness. It was empty. Down there was nothing. No sign of her sister, while the roots surrounding her moved rhythmically, mimicking the beating of her heart. She cried out, called after Maya, but there was no answer. There would never be one. Her hands let go of the shoes. They tumbled down into the darkness, and suddenly, hit something. She could hear it coming, crawling up the tunnel. An old, grinning face rushed into the light of the sun's last rays. Dirty, long, white hair, black markings, runes carved into the leathery skin. Old hands stretched out towards her. She tried to push herself back up the tunnel. It grabbed her feet and the ice-cold pain she felt made her muscles go limp. The thing groaned, and Debbie was sure she would be pulled down as well. But the hand left her suddenly. The monster laughed and slid back into the shadows without another word. Crying and shaking, she pushed herself back the way she'd come, only allowed herself to take another breath once her head had cleared the hole. 
There were tears streaming down her face. She had failed. Maya was gone. Debbie knew it, deep inside her heart. The pounding pain in her chest seemed to flow into the throbbing one in her head as she broke down and screamed. Her hand was shaking, felt cold yet hot, and as she wiped away the tears, she could see it in the dimming light. A mark, black and shaped like an upturned peace sign. Somewhere behind her was the hatchet, a small voice inside her head told her. It sounded like the woman on the phone. She knew what she wanted, yet could feel a strange pull towards the tree, even as the roots worked to cover up the tunnel once more. Soon, I told her. It would be her turn next. Soon. This has been a Morbid Forest production. And on this week's episode, you've heard The Tree Monster, written by Robert Kay from the Haunted Tales podcast, with narration by Melissa Kay, also from the Haunted Tales podcast, Devin Bohr, Naomi Richards, Jordan Hollingsworth, and Sean Moreau. Thank you so much to the amazing duo of Robert and Melissa Kay of the Haunted Tales podcast. Are you interested in murder, cursed objects, perhaps a deal with the devil? Do giant insects pique your interest? Ghosts and insanity and other weird things that are hard to describe? then you need to check out the Haunted Tales podcast. They've got everything and more to entertain you. Each week, they dive into new haunted tales hosted by the fabulous Melissa with stories provided by her amazing writer husband, Robert. So need another story to scratch that itch when we're not around, travelers? Then check out the Haunted Tales podcast with new episodes every Sunday. You can also follow them on Twitter and Instagram with the handles of Haunted Tale Pod. I'll also leave all of their info down in the show notes. Interested in more morsels of the forest? Then join our Patreon and become a faithful traveler for only $3 a month. With your contribution, you'll be able to receive exclusive access to early episode releases, our curated bonus series, and deals on mirth. And that's right, it's only for the low price of $3 a month. Check us out at patreon.com slash themorbidforest. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Discord, or threads to stay up to date of all the happenings within the forest. Interested in writing us a little love letter? Or do you want to hear your voice or your story on the podcast? Then send your queries to themorbidforest at gmail.com. This season feels like it's flying by, travelers, and we're so happy that you're with us. But we have so much still yet in store for you. And with that, We'll see you next time, travelers, on The Morbid Forest.